Pastor Xavier Reese talks about the ultimate standard for our actions. The Church of Thyatira had embraced the woman Jezebel. Religion is always identified in the feminine gender as a woman in Scripture. They permitted her sin. They tolerated. They became indifferent. They failed to judge her by the scriptural standard of being one with the Word of God. This is the plumb line, people. I am not the authority nor you, the Word of God. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. What happens when you add other beliefs to your Christian faith? Pastor Xavier says that's the quickest road to becoming pagan. Today, as he continues his study of the seven churches out of the book of Revelation, he takes us to the city of Thyatira and shows what happens when God's people neglect His divine word. Revelation chapter 2, verse 18 through 29. The message is entitled, The Pagan Church, Thyatira. We have seen the loveless church, Ephesus, the suffering church, Smyrna, the worldly church, Pergamos, and they have allowed us to see the progressive deterioration of the church as time runs. The fourth is no different. In fact, the church of Thyatira is the worst of all four up to this point. John, as he finished his first epistle, he said in chapter 5, verse 21 of 1 John, Little children, keep yourself from idols. This church is the epitome of idols and idolatry. As you know, the seven messages represent a real local church in John's day. It speaks of a period of church history. It speaks of a type of congregation that will exist until the end of the age. And it speaks of a type of Christian that will be in the church. Those four things are applicable all the way through. The pattern, again, is familiar with a few exceptions. You have the proclamation, the commendation, the condemnation, the exhortation, and he finishes with the application. But as the other churches, the letter was written with a backdrop, cultural relativity. So some of the things that are said to some church would not be very significant to another. This one has a cultural background also. So let's look at the historical background to the Church of Thyatira first as we have in the others. Uh, let me read here our text and we'll get into that. Verse 18 says, And to the angel of the Church of Thyatira write, These things says the Son of God, who has eyes like flame of fire and his feet like fine brass. I know your works, love, service, faith, and your patience. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allowed the woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and to eat things sacrificed to idols. And I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality and she did not repent. Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation unless they repent of their deeds. I will kill her children with death and all the churches will know that I am the one who searches the minds and the hearts. I will give to each one of you according to your works. Now, to you, I say, and to the rest in Thyatira, as many as do not have this doctrine, who have not known the depths of Satan, as they say, I will put on you no other burden. But hold fast what you have till I come. 
And he who overcomes and keeps my words until the end, to him I will give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. They shall be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessel. As I also have received from my father, and I will give him the morning star. He was a near, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Historical information behind Thyatira. The city of Thyatira was built by Seleucus I to guard the mouth of the long pass between the Hermas and Caiaphas Valley, 40 miles north of east of Ephesus, around 301 281 BC. Some have attributed to Alexander the Great the conquered Middle Persia, but Seleucus the one that's given. And according to legend, the city was established as a shrine to the sun god Tyremus, named Pelopia. The city was very small, insignificant city, lying on the highway that linked the two river valleys between Pergamos and Sardis. And today it's called Ahisar. The city was armed with a garrison manned by a company of Macedonians, uh, troops, and they were to protect Pergamum. Yet Thyatira herself was located on the valley, and it was most vulnerable to any attack and would be unable to really make any real defense for long periods of time. And she would have to sit and hope that she could delay the attack until Pergamum could come to her defense. Now, the importance of the city was in being a great commerce center with many trade guilds. This was one of its powers of potters, tanners, bronze works, and dyers, and especially of that exclusive uh, garment and wool of purple that Thyatira was known for as Lydia, uh, we know from Acts 16. And these guilds had the power, and they dealt much with the ability to live so it touched the economic, the social, and the religious life of the city. It would be very difficult for a Christian. Now, the church of Thyatira, once again, probably was a result of Paul's ministry in Ephesus. A great effective ministry there. The period of church history during this time of Thyatira, is, as we see, is from 600 to 1500 A.D. This is known as the Dark Ages. The time of the Reformation, very, very important. The name Thyatira means continual sacrifice, indicative of the Roman Catholic system that continues to offer up sacrifices, refusing the finished work of Jesus Christ. The Catholic Church continues to offer high mass. Christ dies every time on the altar. Christ dies and literally becomes the body and the blood and the host they give to their people, they say. That's a denial of Hebrews in the whole New Testament that he died once and for all. Very, very important. Now, let me give you a little about the religion of Thyatira. Temple of Artemis, Diana, and Apollos was prominent. The temple had a warlike figure armed with a battle axe mounted on the charger. And the coins have been found with the female deity with its battle crown. Thyatira is known for the pagan church, identifying the full development of the Catholic church. It's hard to miss her. She's going to be identified with the woman Jezebel here. She is tied with Babylonian, the mother of harlots, in chapter 17 and 18 of Revelation. We have much to say when we get there. I don't have the time this morning. This is the historical information behind Thyatira. Now, what he says will make better sense. 
Notice first the proclamation in verse 18. The identity of the recipient, once again, the letter, is the angel of Thyatira, the pastor, not a literal angel, as we said. The ecclesia, the church, those called out, those who have been saved, those who accepted Christ, those who acknowledge him as Lord and Savior, those who have come out of religion, everything else, whatever it may be, and enter the kingdom of God. Again, Thyatira means continual sacrifice. Notice the identity of the writer again, Jesus Christ. These are the words of Jesus. These things said, Jesus, the chain of command is given. God the Father gives it to his angel or to his son, his angel, then John, then John to the pastor. There's that chain of command in chapter 1. It's not a sealed book. It's open. It's a promise to those who read every generation. It's given for us. Now notice the identity is once again fitting. Our Lord identifies himself in verse 18 here as the Son of God. Once again, taken from the glorified Christ in chapter 1. Except in chapter 1, verse 13, the title is a son of man. The son of man refers to his humanity. The son of God refers to his deity. This is the only time it appears in the book of Revelation. But it's implied throughout. Now, the son of God was the one who they should have been following. And the teachings of the son of God instead of the woman Jezebel, this was their sin as we get down to verse 20. We'll see this. And there are many people who say, I'm a Christian, but they're not following the teachings of the New Testament. They're adding, taking away. You need to judge things and be a good Berean, Acts 17, 11. Now, again, the period of history is the full development of the Catholic Church, who has really minimized the Son of God to the rival of Mary, who we'll see has been exalted to the position of co-redemptress. Jesus is known more as the son of Mary than the son of God in the Catholic Church. If you came out of the Catholic Church, or if you still go there, you know that very much. Notice our Lord identifies himself as the one who has eyes like flame of fire and his feet like fine brass. Going back to chapter 1, verse 14. His eyes miss nothing. The image is an allusion to the worship, perhaps, of the sun god Apollo. It would fit. His presence in the midst of the church, he sees all things. He judges all things. Brass is always symbolic of judgment. He is judging. The message to the church is judgment, judgment, judgment. Repentance is to the individual, not the church any longer. Notice the advantage of hindsight. It's 2020. The title Son of God in this particular period of church history is significant in view of the place given to Mary in her exaltation, which has become very progressive. Let me give you some dates. 431 A.D., the worship of Mary. 600, prayers directed to Mary. 1508, the Ave Maria approved. 1854, the Immaculate Conception of Mary. 1950, the Assumption of Mary, of her virginity, um, which is a lot of assumption, but nevertheless. Um, 1965, she was proclaimed Mother of the Church. Listen to the following words of St. Bernard. He sums up the Catholic position in this connection. They're not my words. Listen. On the day after Mary's death, when the apostles gathered together around her tomb, they found it empty. The sacred body had been carried up to the celestial paradise. The grave had no power over the one who was immaculate. But it was not enough that Mary should be received into heaven. She was to be no ordinary citizen. She had a dignity beyond the reach even of the highest of the archangels. Mary was to be crowned queen of heaven by the eternal father. She was to have a throne at her son's right hand 
Now, day by day, hour by hour, she is praying for us, obtaining graces for us, preserving us from danger, shielding us from temptation, showering down blessings upon us. Pray tell, where in the New Testament do you find this? This is the dogma of the Roman Catholic Church to the very day. On the internet, you can get on there and find out the uh, petition to make her co-redemptress equal with Jesus Christ. The love that Jesus had for his mother is demonstrated on the cross when he's told John, behold your mother. John 19, 26 to 27. But he never allowed her to be in the place of intercessor or deity. She was human. Let's make a distinction of that. This was the proclamation of Thyatira. Now, notice the commendation. Amazing, there's a commendation here. Verse 19. Jesus knew what they had done and were doing in the present. And the word work refers to what they had been occupying in the past and in the previous endeavors. Works are the outcome of salvation. They're not the process for salvation. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, we're saved by grace through faith. That not of ourselves, it's a gift of God. But if we're Christians, God does works through us, right? Ephesians 2, 10. Now, notice this is a commendation. There is a time or at least there was a time during this period of history when every hospital in Europe was either a convent or a monastery. So God does not ignore what you do good, even this church. But it doesn't mean that your good work cannot offset your departure from God, your distortion of the word. He's aware of what you do. Matthew 25, 35 through 40 says, when you give one of these a cup of cold water, you do it in my name, speaking about the Jews as they are, how, they, how they are dealt with during the tribulation period in Matthew 25. He sees everything. Now, as one of the main characteristics of Thyatira is works, notice that. So is the chief focus of the Roman Catholic Church. To absolve one's self of sins, to earn heaven, there's penance. There's sacrifices. They have lent. You give up certain things to be absolved, but you drink like a fish before and afterwards, but, you know, you suck it up for 40 days and bite the bullet. That's what Mardi Gras is all about. Interesting. Notice, but their works have been greater in the present than the past. The last are more than the first. How commendable. How easy it is to become complacent or indifferent. How easy it is to, to come to the sense and say, well, I've done enough in the past. You know, I'm not going to do any more. And we become people who just sit and look and we don't become part of the work of God. It's easy to do. Easy to do. It's a worldly mentality. I've done my part. What's that? <laughs> You're not done with your part until God takes you home. <laughs> You're part of the body of Jesus Christ. Comfort. Prosperity. Every time will make you useless if you let it. We have to be careful. Notice Jesus knew their love. Agape. It comes from God. Thyatira was contrary to Ephesus. Ephesus left their first love. Here, he commends them for their love. They're doing it for the right motives. Chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians. 1 through 8. God's love. Agape loves to be the distinguishing mark of the church, the disciples, the true disciples. John 13, 35. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you have love one for another. Agape love is the greatest power in the world. It's recognized by God. 
It's honored by God. Jesus knew their service. Notice that. The word is dakonia. The minister. To provide assistance. In fact, the word is translated often ministry. And that's what ministry is. It's service. It's helping. Too often we're more concerned about uh, what men know about us. And we want to be acknowledged. Jesus always got down on the Pharisees for this. It's easy to creep in the church. People get upset. Well, I'm going somewhere else. They don't acknowledge me. I don't, you know, I don't get told from the pulpit how good I am. And I'm the head of this. You want a title, you're in the wrong place. Jesus knew their faith. Notice that. Fidelity, loyalty, faithfulness. They had been steadfast in their loyalty to the doctrine of Christ. Their faithfulness was evident of their love for Jesus. And notice also, Jesus knew about their what? Their patience. Steadfast love, enduring steadfastness. They had been quite resilient to the test of trials. The horrible inquisition that was brought by Rome. Everyone who did not bow their knee were killed because they didn't embrace her dogmas. So you were eliminated. The massacre of the Huguenots, the Anabaptists, and many, many others. We don't have time to get into the Inquisition. The Catholic Roman Church has not even acknowledged it or apologized ever to the world for the millions that it killed. And by the way, it continues to kill in Mexico, Central, and South America. Catholicism in the United States is a pussycat. It's been defanged and declawed. But not around the world. Now, if you're a Catholic, don't write me. Do some study before you talk to me, okay? Their faithfulness was the foundation of their patience, which resulted in increasing works. The few, the faithful. The one who has eyes of flame fire, representing penetrating vision, searching all things, including motives of the heart, as you know. Going back to Revelation 1.14. All things are naked to him who sees all things. Hebrews 4.12, judgment brass, Revelation 1.15. He judges everything perfectly. No one has to give him any information. You've read Romans chapter 2. God's judgment will be according to righteousness, truth, deed, without respect of person. Absolutely perfect. This was the commendation to Thyatira. Now notice the condemnation comes in verse 20 to 23. Verse 20, the church of Thyatira had embraced the woman Jezebel. The woman Jezebel, as you know, was an enemy of God. She is very relevant to their sin. Though the church had been commended, God says, nevertheless, I have a few things against you. She tried to join the religion of the Phoenicians to Israel, the worship of Baal, the God of fertility, as you know, Jezebel. 1 Kings 16, 31 through 33. Evil woman. She was the daughter of Ethbel, king of Sidonians. She was married to King Ahab. Elijah had rebuked Ahab and Jezebel. Ahab and Jezebel are synonymous with the term evil, wicked. Elijah had the gathering of the prophets of Mount Carmel, as you know, in 1 Kings 18. And he destroyed them. He challenged them. The God of fire who answers by fire, he is God. He prevailed to destroy them. Jezebel swore that he would do the same thing to her. He would kill him and wipe him out. And he fled in fear of a woman. She destroyed Naboth, had him killed under false charges because he would not sell his vineyard in 1 Kings 21. She defiled the country with enticing the whole nation with whoredoms and witchcraft. The church of Thyatira had allowed Jezebel 
which I believe was a literal woman. Listen, look what it says. Call herself a prophetess. Her name Jezebel is an oxymoron. It means chaste. She is anything but chaste. She's evil. She's wicked. She's an enemy of God. One of the ways false religion is always identified in the scripture is in the figure of a woman. Zechariah 5, 7 through 9, Matthew 13, 33, we'll get to Revelation 17. Religion is always identified in the feminine gender as a woman in scripture. That's opposed to God. Notice the word allowed. They permitted her sin. They tolerated. They became indifferent. And so many people are indifferent today. And they say, oh, come on, come on. You know, no, no, no. The scriptures are the standard. I can't go beyond the scriptures. I must go by the scriptures. Look at the word seduce. It means to cause to roam from safety and truth. To wander from Christ. To be deceived. Remember, this is already the full development. It began with Constantine when he married the church to the world, 313 to 600, under the Pergamos. Thyatira is the full development of the Roman Catholic system, the dark ages and how dark they were. Two things, to commit sexual immorality and to eat things sacrificed to idols. Remember the gills in Thyatira, powerful. If you were a potter, you needed to belong to it. It's a union. You're not in the union, you have no benefits. The pressure's on. Hmm. They would have to celebrate the feast, sacrifice to idols, be present at the sexual revelry, perhaps even forced to partake. You couldn't do that if you're a Christian. Their failure, notice, came in three ways. They failed to judge her by the scriptural standard of being one with the word of God. This is the plumb line, people. I am not the authority nor you, the word of God. Secondly, they fail in accepting and tolerating her, be it by being impressed or by being intimidated. Those are two ways that we compromise. We have to be careful. And they fail in stopping her knowing it was outright sin. When you and I know that something is unscriptural, I can't be with it. You understand? Am I perfect? No. But I can't compromise with it. I cannot be in there. I cannot turn my, my eye and say, oh, I didn't see that. I can't do that. The Apostle Paul told Timothy, as the authority of Scripture, about not allowing a woman to teach or usurp authority over a man in the church in 1 Timothy 2.12. Many people say, well, that's, that's cultural. Or Paul was a chauvinist. No, no, no. He gives us two reasons. First, Adam was created first. So it's a scriptural reason. God's order of creation. Adam's ahead. Secondly, Eve was deceived. Adam was not. So the reasons he gives are scriptural. The man is ahead and the woman was deceived. Now you know that a woman, because of her makeup emotionally, has greater potential for deception. I said more. I didn't say men do not get deceived, but more. And it is interesting that many of the cults that have been founded have been founded by women more than men. Spiritism, Christian science, so on and so forth. Look at verse 21. The church of Thyatira has scorned opportunity for repentance. The tense is, does not want to repent. And yet it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance, Romans 2, 4 says. She says, I will not repent. This is the period of 600 to 1500 AD. The Dark Ages. 
and it's dark because the absence of Christ is very evident, mixed with everything else. The greater the darkness, the greater the light usually will shine. Not in the case of Thyatira. She was totally dark, the dark ages. Pastor Xavier Reese explains what happens when Christ is no longer your light to live by. Now, you can request a copy of today's thought-provoking study from the book of Revelation titled The Pagan Church, Thyatara. It's available for just $4 on CD. And this is one message you'll want to pass along to those in your home church or Bible study. Now, the title to ask for once again is The Pagan Church, Thyatara. Or simply mention today's date when you write Simple Truths. 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And it's helpful when you mention the call letters of this station when you contact us. How do we know what is true and what is false when it comes to our faith? Find out when you join Pastor Xavier Reese for the next edition of Simple Truths. Hope to see you then. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 